Take hey, two. Yeah, take two. We're back with you. Um, we tried a dry run earlier. It did not work. No. But we're back. This is the, the beginning of the episode. This is, this is what the beginning sounds like right here, folks. <laughs> One day early. Um, it feels different. It feels different being early. On a Wednesday. Does it feel different recording on a Wednesday to you? I think this is the first time in 140 episodes now that we've ever recorded somebody, on a Wednesday. Somebody needs to fact check us. I think we're working now this time. We are. We yep. are live. Um, we are live. If you're listening to the podcast, we do this uh, bad boy live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. And Twitch. Um, Twitch is a thing too. People. But we are in early, a day early. I'm going camping uh, over the holiday weekend. Camping? Down in To the Northwoods? Down <laughs> Uh, that's funny because we had this conversation. Um, no, I'm going to Branson, Missouri. I feel like that's going to be hot. Like it, it, really hot. Yeah, it probably is going to be extremely, extremely Are you bringing hot. an air conditioner? Uh, yes, I'm bringing a camper. So you're just going to sit in the camper the whole time? Uh-huh. I'm never leaving. <laughs> yeah, just hang out there around the table. That's right. While everyone else has fun outside playing water games. That's fine. They can uh, partake in their water games all they want. As we learned last week, I'm not very fond of the the water. No, you aren't fond of the water or the heat. So I think staying inside for you is the right course of action. Plus, you tend to burn, you know? So I don't burn too bad. I'm not a burner too bad. You know, you really don't. For I wouldn't call you pale, but you're fair-complected normally. But I, I don't think I've ever seen you with a sunburn. Yeah, I don't, I don't really get very sunburned. I do use a lot of sunscreen, though. Oh, you are a heavy sunscreener well not on my normal skin i never wear it on my face you know arms or legs (laughs) the part that gets in the sun all the time right yeah that makes sense um but anyway yeah we'll see how it goes. just on your like inner thighs and groin area yeah my sanctum sanctorum (laughs) is that what it's called your sanctum sanctorum needs to be you know covered screen with the gop yeah. yeah goop the gop on my goobly gut <laughs> um this week guys we got a fun one we're doing top 10 sports movies we haven't done a top 10 in a while we haven't and we're doing sports because we know everything about sports it's football season it's fantasy football season drafting i draft been drafting like crazy I have two drafts the same day, one hour apart. I had two and drafts, one on Sunday and one last night. Mine um, aren't until Monday. In so. my two leagues. And so we thought we'd honor uh, the fantasy uh, fantasy football that's scary. Um, by doing a top 10 sports movie. So that's pretty exciting. Um, before we get any further, uh, I want to mention you can support the show by going to patreon.com slash snarf comics. And on there you can pledge as little as $1 or maybe $5, uh, a month or more to help us with the show. And in return, you get some, uh, cool bonus prizes. So check out patreon.com slash snarf comics and, uh, slash. let's see if we can get all our listeners to do at least $5 a month. That'd yeah, be amazing. At least $5. This is going to be a Jerryathon. Yeah. Uh, this whole episode, just a Jerryathon. Call in, <laughs> pledge what you can. Pretty you know. soon we'll be able to do call-ins, um, because we yes. have a new, uh, camera system and that's coming in. Uh, follow us on Facebook and like, and share this. If you would, I'd like to take a quick break to m- mention our sponsor, Roar Seed Seed Solutions. Solutions. 
they're giving they got me a shirt this, this wow week. you got everything every um, time you come with more swag yeah jerry have you ever needed solutions for your seed i still need solutions for seed yeah do they sell seed for like just general lawns absolutely and like around your house jerry roar seed solutions specializes in all types of seeds from corn and soybeans yeah. all the way to forage crops cover crops grass seeds small grains all kinds of it sweet but, corn sweet corn but it's not just the seed jerry okay the most important part is there more is the solutions. Yeah. What can he salute? Um, they do UAV crop scouting, soil testing. Wait, UAV, like unmanned aerial vehicles? Yeah, they might as well be um, alien technology. Sounds like it. Um, Sounds like they're very capable. So check out uh, Roar Seed Solutions. Roar Seed Solutions. You're going to hear us roar. <laughs> I always want to start singing the song, yeah. but I'm not going to. Uh, go to RoarSeedSolutions.com. Buy Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, XRP, AV, Maker, Polkadot, Compound. That's what Vic is telling us to do. He's still pretty hardcore on the old. Rattling those cages. Yeah, on the old, uh, what's that called? Crypto. Cryptocurrency. That's right. I forgot. Um, so anyway, back to fantasy football. I had my two drafts already. You haven't done yours yet? No, I got both of them on Monday. I'm in two different leagues and, um, they're one hour apart. So I'll be one of the leagues. One of my leagues is with Vic. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm trying to pull up my team. Um, so my first draft, we have a league where we're able to trade draft picks. You are, um, like in the season. And I've never been in a league. Like so that. about halfway through, some I, last year, my a bunch of my starters got hurt, mm-hmm. and um, um, did something pop up on my phone? Yeah, it was like with fantasy. I think. Yeah, I'm trying to pull up my. <laughs> um, anyway, um, some of my starters got hurt, so I abandoned my team like halfway through. So I got, and I didn't remember any of that. So I traded like my best players. For draft picks. Like things just weren't going yeah. my way. So I traded up and it turned out I had two first round picks, number five and six, and two second round picks, and then two fourth round picks. So I had my whole team basically picked by like the 10th round. Yeah, you did. It was pretty much insane. <laughs> um, that's why I wanted to give you my list, but I can't because my phone, I need to verify. Oh, you got to verify the account. You can't yeah. do that on your computer, huh? I'm trying. I'm trying to do it, Jerry. Okay. I don't know anything about football. I wouldn't know if they're good or not. But my second league I drafted last night, and that was in Vic's league, and I just dominated. Both of my leagues, I got A ratings. From, oh, you did? So you're on Yahoo. And, and both of them, I am projected number one in my league. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, but I wouldn't complete, go by the projections. Complete right bullshit. Now. Yeah, I wouldn't by go the by the projections. I last the last two years in one of my I have an ESPN league and a, a Yahoo league. In my ESPN league, I've dominated the the entire league, both years in a row. Just had very, very good teams. There is one man in my league, though, I can never beat. And even during the season, he'll have a worse record than me during the season. Every time I play him during the season, I lose to him. And then every year so far, well, the last two years that we've done this league, I've met him in the championship and he beats me. And it's so infuriating because everyone else in the league I've beat 
handily, you know, and it, it has never been a problem. And I'm like, last year, especially, I was like, this is the year. Just, I'm going to just steamroll them. Tonight's like, going to be my time. And it wasn't my time. I lost again. I've gotten second place two years in a row. The other league, we, um, I haven't. I have not. I'm always middle of the pack. It's a 12-team league. Oh, I hate 12-team leagues. And it's a, it's a difficult one because we also pick um, defensive players. Oh, I don't like that either. Defensive players and a head coach. It sounds like a terrible idea. Um, I've I've been in it for a long time since like 2014, and uh, just done it for a long time. And I've always been middle of the road guy. I think the best I finished was fourth. Worst I finished was tenth. So it's in there. It's in there. That's my Yahoo League. I like it a lot. It is, but it's just a little bit more involved. You know. Yeah. I never pay attention to my defensive guys. Once I pick them, if they get hurt, I basically just don't replace them because you might get one or three points from them in a game. But if you get one really good defensive player, you can you can almost guarantee a win against most teams because they're going to get you a lot of points that other people aren't getting. Right. But uh, it's just hard to it's hard to manage. You got to well, put you got to put the time in. You know, put a little elbow grease. You know, I, you know, I, 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 I put some time in, not a ton, but you know, you just go in, you see who's not performing. You see what the rec projections are for that week. And oh no, you know, I'm printing of, out plans from different teams and I'm printing off their rosters and I'm going over week to week, you know, all of their stats and how they've performed in the past against this team, against this setup going all for going it. in depth. Yeah, I bet I made I bet that that's up. Yeah, true. I don't do any of that. I don't actually pay attention that much. I do honestly. Fantasy football has gotten me to watch football so much more over the years than I ever would. Absolutely, um, that's probably the only reason I, I I'm so like know anything about football. To be honest, me too. I, for the longest time, I really didn't pay attention to football at all. I would watch the Bears. I mean, I watched there. the Bears, and then that's about it. And that was it. But the rest, like getting red zone, I got red zone because you could watch all, like all the games that were playing. Um, and I got that because I of fantasy. And then I, it was so fun following the person that's on your team to see how they do. And on red zone, they only really show you the scoring plays. So you're just going to scoring plays, which makes it even more fun. You don't have to watch all the, you know, the bull crap in betweens that you don't ever want to really watch in the slow parts of the game. You want to watch it when they're in the red zone, man. The red zone. That's why they call it that. Yeah. You know, within the 20 yard line. And it's really, really fun. And it's made football fun for me. It's given me a purpose is what I'm telling you. <laughs> like I finally found a purpose in my life and it's to watch TV. <laughs> really? That's <laughs> just surprising. Sports on TV. It's really great. Nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we're doing our top 10 uh, sports movies and that'll be exciting. Um, oh, now I can see comments. I'm, my uh, computer wasn't working very well and now I got it. I got her. I don't know what kind of technical issues you're having. Glitches. Glitches and bitches. <laughs> Glitches and bitches. That's my everyday life. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's how I live my life, Chris. Um. I have a quick, uh, I guess it's a spring stretcher. Or is it an unpopular opinion? No, it's definitely a spring stretcher. Okay. My strings have been stretched today to the max. Um, and it's because of Verizon Wireless. Really? Dealing with customer service? Changing or? your phone. 
is the most annoying thing. It isn't necessarily Verizon's fault, although it started with them. I've been with Verizon a long time. Pretty, been pretty happy. Yeah, overall, I, we switched from AT and T to Verizon, and I would say it's been never looked back. A decent experience, yes. Um, but anyway, so I noticed they had some promos like last week, and it, they were offering five hundred and seventy nine dollars and ninety nine cents to trade any phone on an iPhone twelve. Really, it doesn't have to be your phone; it just has to be a phone newer than an iPhone. 6. Why didn't you tell me this? Uh, it's still going. Oh, all right. Good so. I wanted to do it. I'm like, okay, perfect. And all my phones are paid off. I don't like having yeah. like device payments, so I pay mine off, and then I tr- try and keep them for like at least three years. Yep. That's what I'm on right now, three years. Uh, yeah. Then my old one was about there. And I've been having battery problems. I kind of messed the screen up. The speaker wasn't working very well. Yeah. It's just, it's time for this. It's time. Yeah. Thing to get brought out to pass. You're really not going to get more than three years out of a phone anymore. So um, anyway, I go on there. I'm like, perfect. Let's, let's roll. And I do everything. I go through the cart with my phone. Um, say you want to do an upgrade, and then boom, it tells you what do you want to trade in. You can trade in any device. Yeah. And one of the phones on our plan is an old iPhone Seven. Like I'll trade that, in that one. iPhone Seven. Let's do that. Yeah. Um, boom! It only gave me four hundred forty dollars. Well, that doesn't make sense. It's supposed to be five seventy nine, Jerry. Yeah. Picked any other line on my account, my wife's line, my mom's line, uh, any other line on my account. They all went through the same process. They all got five seventy nine, except for my number, which only got four hundred forty. Well, that's prejudiced um, against your number. So I basically went on a tear against Verizon. I'm like, I'm like, what happened is in my in my account it says that I have an iPhone five S, which I don't. I had an iPhone XR. Yeah, and that. Promotion doesn't qualify for a 5S, so it didn't give me the promotional offer. Oh, so I go through so it's text. not every phone. I go well, it's by the line, right? So it's a loyalty offer. Okay. Um, okay. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to tech support. Obviously, there's a glitch. Let's fix it. Put put it as an iPhone XR. That's what it is. I go through that whole process. They're like, yeah, check it next week, and I bet it'll pop up then. No, it doesn't pop up. Didn't oh, you waited offer. a whole week. So anyway. I just did it on somebody else's line. I did it on my mom's line because she ain't getting. I just took her upgrade. Okay, got the, okay. Got the five seventy nine off of a new iPhone, which is only was like nine hundred bucks. So yeah, you're only paying like two hundred fifty bucks or three hundred bucks for this phone. That's really good. I'm like, it's great. Here's the problem: I got the phone in the mail. Go to activate it. Right, yeah. I have to activate it to my mom's number. Yes, All right? I do. So I activate it to my mom's number and kick her old phone off. And then I have to call Verizon and I have to have them swap my number and her number on those devices. Oh boy. So I got to take the phone that I just activated on her number and activate it on my number and then activate her number back on her old phone. So I'm doing all that and I got it all done. I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah. Back up my phone, set up the new iPhone. Now I just got to restore the backup to the new phone. New phone is on an older uh, Apple soft, uh, software. So now I got to do a software upgrade. Okay. Well, you always, yeah, okay. you always have to. So do I do that. that. It takes like three hours. Yes. Get it finally. Boom. Doesn't work. What do you mean? It didn't work. I had, and then I had to re download the software again, which took another three hours. Didn't work again. Oh my gosh. So this has been going on since like 11 o'clock this morning, and I finally got it working like a half an hour before we got here. 
Holy crap. <laughs> so what was the deal with the software? I don't I understand. Don't I kept downloading it, and then at the last minute, it would like abort. quit, abort, and then I'd have to start all over downloading it again. Wow. And then I had to restore the phone, which took another hour because there was 200 gigabytes right. of crap Right, so on much it. stuff, yeah. But I got it. I got it figured out. Here's my issue. I'm do- I did this with all of the lines. <laughs> Because I'm like, this is a great deal. <laughs> yeah. And we had a bunch of old phones sitting around. I'm like, I'm going to do this on all the lines. So I upgraded all the lines to iPhone 12s. But now I have to do this for every, every phone. Every single phone. <laughs> well, you won't have to switch phone numbers with every one of them. Um, no, no, I won't. I mean, because you've switched all of them. So therefore, they all will be the 12s, but they will all have to be updated to the new software. Here's the catch. Hopefully, the 579 to get that once you send in your device. If you have a cracked screen or a bad battery or whatever, it gets rejected. It's got to be a good condition phone. Mine's in pretty good condition. I've got a screen protector on there. It looks like there's a crack on my screen, but there's not. It's yeah. just the protector. So you I should be in good shape. They'll give you 440 off for a damaged phone, though. I mean, I would take it. I'll take any money that they give me That's off. That's a lot anyway. of money That's off. A, yeah. It is. That is a lot of money. And I don't go. I don't, I don't play for the pro the Pro Max. I don't do any of that stuff. I just get the... You know, I haven't paid attention to iPhones in a long time. So what is... There's a 12 Pro? There's a 12. A 12 Pro. Okay. Which has three cameras on the back. I don't need three cameras. No. And then there's the iPhone 12 Pro Max. It's got nine cameras It's just on a the back. bigger phone. It's like, I like the bigger phone I used to have. Oh, I can't do that. I think it was a 7 Plus. Yeah, that's what Amy had too. And I like the bigger phone, but I didn't go for it. I or no, it was a 6. She had a 6 Plus. Um, I can never do that because of my small hands. Oh, I got, yeah. I got circus hands. Grandma, strong. <laughs> so anyway, all of that stretches my springs. Any, any of the process of upgrading, changing your phone and then like having to back it up and then restore it to another phone, but they're never on the same software. The whole process is just obnoxious. To me. It sounds obnoxious. And I'm like, very a very tech savvy person. Yeah, I can't even imagine how like people that don't know anything about technology they go to the store. They must. They have That's what to I'm going to say. Store. Like they they just have to go to the store. Why didn't you go to the store? It's so much quicker. Is it? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't go to the That's store. That's what we did to switch over from AT and T to Verizon when we got these phones. And uh, I went to the store, told him you know what we wanted to do, and he immediately brought the phones out, switched everything over. Um, and it was super fast. I mean, we were in and out. I mean, it, it took an hour at the store, you know, but that's just because of the, the physical process of getting the phones on and switching it over from AT&T to Verizon. Then we went back home and I, you know, restored them from the computer. Yeah, the process of like activating and changing the numbers didn't take very long. Yeah. It's just the uh, restoring and updating software. and Yes. All and that all, that'll have to happen for I mean the rest of your life whenever you get a new phone that's going to have to happen I yep. guarantee you. Well luckily it doesn't happen very often. How come you didn't go to Android? Uh just because man everything everybody else has got iPhones. iMessage is awesome first mm-hmm. off. There's no real replacement. When I used to have an Android phone it was super annoying to not have iMessage. You were always You've always been an, a huge Android supporter and saying I mean, that you it's love Android. It's been a long time since I've had an Android. I, I'll never let you forget I it. had a Motorola Droid. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Holy cow, that was a long time ago. Yeah. I, just I remember, do like those Galaxy S20s. Those are nice phones. I remember sitting at uh, Honest Abe's. Might have even been Southside at the time. I don't know. Um, 
it was a long time ago and we were sitting there and we were having a big argument about iPhones and Androids and you were just always the Android guy. Yeah. And next thing I know you came back next time I saw you and you had an iPhone. Well, here's the deal. If you and it was a, only going to be for a short time. I was single probably. Yeah. If you're, if you have a group of phones, you got to have them all one or the other. And then my you kids do. have iPads. So I got the whole family thing set up, yep. family sharing. I know. I know. So you got to have, they all got to be the same. You got to be in one thing. That's what I, that's what I've always thought. Like I could never change because we use, I know you guys use Google calendar a lot, but the Apple calendar syncs to oh, all of yeah. our stuff. I don't use any of the Apple crap. Oh, I like it. I Your calendar Google great. everything. If I could, I'd get a Google phone. That's what I want. Why can't you? Because, like I said, I want all of our devices to sync, you know what I mean? And our iPads and the family sharing. So now you got to get everybody Google stuff. Uh, I'm not doing that. You just did it. Like, you just went through the process for Apple. Yeah, that's why. Just to keep the same. I'm not doing it. My kids want iPads. Oh, well, just get them a Google pad. It's not going to work out. What's a Google? What does does Google have a tablet? Oh, I'm sure they do. Yeah, yeah. I know. I mean, do. shoot, their Chromebooks are basically a tablet because the boys have two Chromebooks. I, and I you do can not fl- understand Chromebooks. They just drive I don't, me crazy. I don't, I don't understand, understand the either. point of them. Boys why? Them. Why does anybody want a Chromebook? It makes no no sense to me. Well, we got them for the boys because they use them in school. Yeah, and so I just wanted to keep it like uniform when we thought they were going to be, you know. But why not just get a laptop? They're not that much more money for a laptop versus a But what's Chromebook. the difference? Because they're learning on a Chromebook. But it's the and only all the difference stuff. between a Chromebook and a laptop is Chromebooks are only, they only exist online. Yeah. They have no hard drives. They have none of that stuff. Yeah. They have no operating system. It's like a tablet. I guess. It's like a, a tablet, but you can only, a tablet you can still use offline. You can download programs to it. A Chromebook you can only use basically cloud-based programs. You can't, how do you... You can download things on a Chromebook. I don't know. I don't have one. Oh, yeah. Okay. It's like a tablet. Okay. Just with a keyboard. Okay. That's basically all it is. And the boys love it. They they use them all the time, but um, I don't know where that was going. No, I don't know either. Anyway, that was my <laughs> spring stretcher. We can move on. I don't think anybody's interested. So, so is Verizon the spring stretcher or just the process itself? Just the whole thing about moving your phones and yeah. transferring stuff and to be honest i think it was just the quantity that you were doing at one time you know and honestly, you've only got through one so i got this uh iphone 12 now yeah the one two i can it's there's no difference between my old phone and this phone i can't see a reason i mean other than this one i knew it was failing yeah i don't like that um i don't like that it's at actually all. a hair smaller which is kind of annoying Ooh, i like that it's a lot lighter it's very snappy. Aerospace technology, I believe. It's very snappy, but other than that, it's, I mean... It's, it's uh, space-grade aluminum. It's got 5G now. Now I got 5G. Really? Yeah. So you're the problem. So I, Yeah, so I caused you COVID. You caused COVID <laughs> with that. And a plethora of cancers. Yeah, so I got 5G, but I don't have it here because we don't have 5G because we live in Mazan. You can get it by the lock. Like if you're yeah. standing like right at the lock chamber, like right at it and hold your phone over the water. How much faster is it? I don't know. My phone doesn't get it. <laughs> I've got a 10. Well, I'm in the 5G Or world. XR, whatever it is. That's what I had, an XR. Yeah, they don't get 5G. Mine has never been right since two things happened. First thing, you know how the buddy seat in the hit, combine hit in the flips head up? as a kid? <laughs> you know how the buddy seat in the combine flips up? 
Yes. Can flip up. Uh-huh. Well, I did that and it got caught in the hinge and a piece of metal pushed right in the middle of the screen. Oh, really? And it like bended the phone, but it didn't break the screen or anything. But there's like a little dead spot. In the middle of the, t- the middle, but yeah, the screen. You can only tell when it's black, when it's colored. I, I was gonna say tell. I've looked at it colored many times and I've never noticed it. And then something happened with the speaker once. I got the speaker wet or something, and it wasn't. It didn't you know, work. they say that's generally frowned upon for electronics. Yeah. I, I gotcha. It's yeah. supposed to be water resistant, but whatever. Yeah. Um, so it stopped working. So I downloaded this app called Speaker Cleaner. And I'm like, this is a joke, right? This isn't going to work. <laughs> yes. What it, it, it does is it shoots a high frequency noise out the speakers so high that you can't even hear it. Okay. You're not supposed to do it around dogs. Oh, <laughs> how do you know what really happened? I don't know, but it worked. <laughs> what? It fixed the speaker. It like must have the high frequency noise must like have enough energy to like push, push out the. I don't understand how that works. I think you're wrong on how that works. Listen, but it worked. High energy wavelength, res- wavelengths, wavelengths. I can't it, speak tonight. Yeah, I guess that's what happened. Um, but what was the problem? But what? W- how do you, if you get water in the oh, speaker? No, I'm though, sorry, it wasn't water. It was yogurt. <laughs> yogurt. That's the worst. I set it. I set set it. I set it on my nightstand. That's where, charge. I, that's where I keep yogurt too. And one of my children had one of those stupid push yogurt gogurts, gogurts. and it was all over my nightstand. And I just set my phone right in, like <laughs> <laughs> in the blob. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's good for your speakers. But I don't. I also don't understand how any high frequency anything could push you yogurt out of your speakers. You want to find out? I mean, it's not. It's probably not true. Uh, speaker cleaner app uses sine wave sounds of predefined frequencies to remove water and yogurt, apparently, from the speaker. <laughs> Sound waves cause the speaker to vibrate and shake off water stuck inside. That makes sense. It does? When a speaker makes noise, it vibrates. Well, I understand. And the louder the noise, the more it vibrates. Wow. Yeah. It works, dude. It's amazing. I wonder if that'll work for Amy's because I know Amy's had a problem with her speaker. Yeah. And nobody, there was something wrong with the microphone too. Nobody could ever hear me when I'm talking on it. What? They're always saying, what? Huh? Huh? What? What'd you say? What'd you say? (laughs) You there? Anyway, um, so we can get to our top 10. Do you got any news? Uh, I do. I have one news article. I think you have a couple too as well, right? I got a couple short ones. You got a couple shorties. Shoddy. Shoddy, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh wait, one little thing. We have pins. Oh yeah, we got pins. We've got a whole baggie of pins right here. Show them that bag. We've got a whole like gram, or what? What would this be? It's like an eight ball of. Pins. <laughs> we got an eight ball of pins <laughs> coming up your nose <laughs> right here. Um, I don't know what that looks like on camera. Looks but, great, actually. Uh, they're pretty neat. They're a little plastic pin that you can put on your hat. Or on your lapel, you know, you could put it in a cushion. And by the way, right now for a limited time, these are Patreon exclusive pins. To get a pin free, you have to be a patreon.com slash snarf comics subscriber at the $1 level or more. And Mm -hmm. then you get a pin. 
You'll get anything. Erica said that looks dope. She gets a pin. Yeah, she gets a pin. She already gets a pin because she is a Patreon member. Mm-hmm. So she is. She has been for a long time. One of the originals. Yeah, and we're, we always appreciate. And it. We're probably behind on her snarf bundles. But I keep track. I got a spreadsheet. You just, yeah, I just sent her some um, some socks. Neil Gaiman books. Three, I think it yeah. was three Neil. I sent, sent her American. It was this really nice set uh, of new, like new covers mm-hmm. for all the books, except for one of them I couldn't find in that cover. But whatever. American Gods. There was a Norse mythology one that he wrote, which is like Ooh. short stories of like, yeah. based upon North mythology. And there was another one I can't remember. Um, so hopefully she read them. Was it uh, shoot? Everywhere? It was not. No. Oh man. Well, Erica, what I will tell you is to read that book because it's my favorite. Really? That's your favorite? That's so good. Well, I mean, besides Sandman's great. I do love American Gods. I just really liked the story of Neverwhere for some reason. I don't know. It was an interesting, and it's a short read. It's a small book compared to what he's written uh, before, but it's very good. Um, The book I think I sent her was, it was one of those that is like a compilation of short stories. He's got several Yeah, he's got a lot of those. So I can't remember if it was Smoke and Mirrors um, or another one, but... Anyway, there's a really, it might have been like fragile things. I can't remember. But there's a real cool set on Amazon and they have these kind of like watercolor covers. And That's awesome. They, they are really sweet. So cool. Oh, she's reading American Gods right now. Um, she is. Awesome. That's such a great I book. just ordered a new set of the Dune books because I, I can't find mine. I ordered all six and they're all like a matching set. Yeah. And you came just absolutely harassing and attacking me through text message about you stole my dune book you terrible guy why would you do this i thought we were friends it's like chris i don't have it man i looked in every place i keep books you did borrow the book you're like you liar (laughs) because jerry can't buy his own things everything that he (laughs) reads he has to borrow from me you have everything everything you will bring up you're like oh i got a dory here here yeah. keep it forever well that's because you hear about it from me i know and then you give it to me <laughs> to read and then i give them back and i'm absolutely just accosted through text message i can't handle this anymore <laughs> this is the that's pressure not how the story went uh fragile things erica said i haven't read fragile things and i haven't read the norse mythology one i just no. knew she liked norse mythology or like because we know things about yeah. people, so I figured she'd be into and that. we personalize all of these care packages for the, the person. person, yeah. But American Gods is one of my favorite books of all time. Don't poison yourself with the TV show, it's not mm, as good. Negatory, the, the last season was really good. I enjoyed of the TV show, I will admit that. And the first season was pretty enjoyable, um, but overall, it's it's not really lesser than yeah, it's lesser than. Uh, Nolan said, just slap a kilo of those pins under the driver's seat of my car next to the Colombian Bam Bam, and I'll get it across the border for you. <laughs> that sounds like a great idea. I'll put a, the pins under your tires, <laughs> yes. and then you'll find out what a Colombian Bam Bam <laughs> right. sounds like. You'll go across the border like this. Click, 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 click. Because of Snarf Talk. Um, anyway, what was that news related to? <laughs> Who, what? What was that news related to? Oh, uh, I have news. It's not related to anything we were just talking about. Oh, the pins. That's where that I came just from. I brought up the pins. Yeah, because I saw them sitting here and I wanted to talk about it before we got into other things. Um, so a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago now, I think uh, we talked about 
the man who was replacing Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. Yes. Mike Richards. Yeah. Um, sure. After two weeks after he was named the the predecessor, or no, it would be not, it? Predecessor. not predecessor, but uh, post successor. Successor, yeah. Um, Good job, Jerry. He stepped down from the host of Jeopardy. He's also resigned his executive producer roles on Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. What happened? Apparently, there have been some um, sexist comments that were found of his that happened many years ago. And because of that being revealed, he decided to step down and resign. That's dumb. What but. what they were, I don't know. The context of it, I don't know. It's just that's the day and age now. So when, they're, so they're going to go with Aaron Rodgers then? Or? I don't know. The article I read didn't have anybody in mind to replace him, or they didn't know who was going to replace him. So I thought it was strange that this guy was picked anyways um, because he is an executive producer of both of two different shows, and they're just like, ah, yeah, let's give it to him. And they can't. When there was a huge like outcry for certain people to be the host. And it was, let's give it to this old white guy again. I mean, um, one of the um, biggest ones was Ken Jennings and he's just not even being considered because of right. old tweets. Again, a, a stupid, stupid joke. Yeah. You know, he's on a, he's on that TV show though. Um, Whatever that one's called. So I love though that Ryan Reynolds wrote this tweet in response to this. Okay. Pretty consistently from 2013 to 2015, Deadpool would explode on Twitter with fans wanting me to play him. It was awkward because I agreed with them, but the studio didn't see it. Ultimately, the fans won, and the rest is glorious history. I'm forever grateful. Hi, LeVar Burton. (laughs) Holy cow. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that nails it. Um, I, I love... Ryan Reynolds. I, I, you can't help it. He really is. Oh, you got to oh put that on your list because we're going to talk about that. Yeah, we definitely got to talk about that. I'm going to go to a one shot on you real quick. Uh, okay. While you just keep everybody entertained, I need to get a glass of water. Okay. Um, yeah, so I do really do believe that they are going to go with LeVar Burton now because there was a huge outcry of fans and. Uh, just anybody in general that wanted LeVar Burton as the host. And then they didn't do it. <laughs> and, it and it was put back on, like I said, like the old white guy who is also bought into the show already. He's an executive producer of that show and Wheel of Fortune. I don't know if he did much guest hosting. Um, I, I'm assuming he probably did, but... He did, and he was part of that whole search for the new host thing. I know he's part of the whole search for the new host thing. And they're like, you know what? Let's just give it to me. Yeah. Let's give it to myself. You know, let me, let me just, let me take this one. Uh, I got it. Don't guys. forget. Maya Bialik is one of the hosts as well. So she's probably going to up yeah. her role. What I hope so. Which she's awesome. She's so cool. She has a YouTube, um, that she talks about smart things. Um, cause she's smart. She's yeah. like a neuroscientist. She's a neuroscientist. Right? Um, I saw an interview with her actually recently where a guy asked her, I can't remember the exact question, but it was about playing a scientist on uh, the big bang theory. And they're like, you know, how hard was it for you to understand like all of these by, I don't know if it was biology or something things and uh, you know, and to get into the science role. 
And she's like, oh, well, actually, I have an entire career in that field already because I'm a neuroscientist and I've studied, or my undergraduate was like all based in that biological field. So she's like, not very hard. And the guy, the guy just stood there like, oh, because he was <laughs> clearly not prepared for the interview in the slightest. And she really like put him in his place and it was hilarious. I've she was some, nice about it. I've but. seen some Jeopardy criticism out there though because... Every, people are starting to get upset because they say the great thing about Alex Trebek was that he made the show about the contestants. Yes. And now the show is all about the host. That's okay. true. Which I understand. But have you ever heard as much buzz for the show Jeopardy that we've heard over the last year? No. And you know that's translating to ratings for sure. You're right. I would agree. So I and think there's a little bit of this that they're like, hey, we got an opportunity here. So, of course, there's going to be buzz about the host right now because you're replacing the host. So, regardless of what they did, it, they could have this con- like have this thing where you're trying to replace the host and they're involving people and have this big, you know, you know, temporary host. And then they could have went the route where they just didn't do that and immediately pick something, somebody and put them in the place. And then everybody would be like, Oh, Alex Trebek needs better than that. They should have searched for the, the perfect replacement for him. Like, why didn't they even like consider this guy or consider this girl or whatever? I think they would lose either way. You know, I don't, in today's day and age, I don't believe you can win anything. (laughs) No, no, I don't. Because something on like the internet will tear it down. It still makes no sense to me for that it's not Ken Jennings, but whatever. I agree. I want my buddy Ken out there. I've always loved him. It'd be one thing if he wasn't like so outgoing of a person, mm-hmm. but he has like that quality to him. Yeah, like if he was a you know like a hermit, a hermit recluse, like Brad. Yeah. <laughs> Like who? Brad. Brad. The, the other, he's like number two. Oh, yeah. Brad. He is weird. Brad. Nobody likes Brad. Or James. Isn't there a James? Probably. <laughs> Nobody likes him either. <laughs> Probably. Those guys are dumb. Um, they lost. I got another piece, one piece of news here. <laughs> Listen, if you're touting your second place at anything, it's like, come on, but you're not the best. No. I'm sorry. Congratulations, but somebody beat you. I mean, didn't Watson somebody beat, beat Ken Jennings? Um, did it? I think so. Well, somebody beat Ken Jennings because he ended it. Yeah, run. he ended up losing at some point, yes. But he's won the most amount of money ever. Uh, it's that no Brad said, guy that ended up beating him. I know you guys are going to talk about this later, but was Alex Trebek's cameo in Free Guy his last cameo? Saw it with his son Saturday. I don't know. But I would say yes. That was pretty amazing. It really was. I mean, it, I know that movie got filmed a couple years ago. I was going to say, it shows you how long ago it, it was filmed. Um, all right. So uh, Doom Patrol Season 3 got a trailer, had a trailer drop. I didn't know they had a trailer. I saw that they were getting ready to film yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, season 3 trailer dropped. Obviously, they filmed it. Or they're or in, in production. In production. Um, I didn't watch it, so I don't have much to add to it other than to say, reminder, that's a show. It's yes. good. It's very good. I still haven't seen all of the second season. I started it. I, I liked, uh, that's the thing with both seasons. I loved season one, but there are parts of it that it takes some getting into. Yeah. Season two also had a lot of slow moments to it, but ultimately was also a very good season. It's a very good show. 
I highly recommend it for a particular audience, mm-hmm. right? If you're not willing to go down the rabbit hole of what's what's very Weird. offbeat, yeah, um, it's and for different. a s- specific subset of strange people that can remove one's reality and right. put it in somewhere that, like something else. Yeah, so I enjoyed it for that fact, and then I also enjoyed the acting quite a bit and some of the storylines and some of the episodes are, are really solid gold. But uh, if you like things that are strange and different, um, I think it's something. You, I feel like, like Amy would love this show then because she married me. <laughs> I don't think Amy would I'm like that of, show. I'm kind of strange and different. Um, all right. So that was just an opportunity to mention that. Uh, number two news I got is James Gunn made a, a little bit of an announcement about the suicide squad. I like that guy. And? I don't know. So, spoilers. At the end of Suicide Squad, you it is revealed that one of the characters didn't die. Yeah. Right? The uh, weasel dude? Yeah. Okay. There's another character that survived the melee of the beach. It's not a melee, I guess. It was like a setup. It was like a firestorm. Yeah. There was another survivor of that. Okay. Who do you think? I think it was um, who played the guy with the arms that detached. Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion. TDK, the detachable kid. That guy. Um, he survived. I'm right? Yes. Yes, I knew it because he's a big name and you didn't really see his body get shot. It was just his arms. It's confirmed uh, by James Gunn himself. It's actually confirmed, confirmed in the movie if you have the ability to pay attention. Um, the evidence is right there staring us in the face. TDK's life signals in Waller's communication room show him still alive later on in the movie. Oh. Um, well, that's what I mean, because he was laying on the beach screaming so with James, no arms. James Gunn tweeted, important to note, if you look at the life signals in the comms hub, TDK isn't dead. And Nathan Fillion replied, I noticed that very loudly when I saw this in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies again for the disturbance. <laughs> Uh, uh, Nathan Fillion, by the way, is one of my favorite actors. He's a hero. He's a hero of mine. He really is. He's an incredible human being. I think he's had a great career. He's had an unbelievable career. Uh, not only has he been in one of my favorite shows ever, which right. is Firefly. Um, you know, I've actually caught bits and pieces of The Rookie, too. I've heard it was really good. It's a pretty good show from what I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of I, it. I have never seen any of it, but I... I love him in, uh, is it Dr. Horrible sing-along blog? Yes, he's uh, in that. And wasn't he also in, um, not Bones, was it Bones? He was not in Bones. That was David Boreanaz. He's also great. Wasn't he in another show, though? Like a long-running show? Um, he's been in a lot of stuff. I, I'll look it up. I thought it was one, one main show that he was in, like Bones. That's probably... Uh, David Boreanaz. Why can't I picture him? I'm only picturing he's Nathan a, Fillion. He's Angel from Angel. Buffy the, you know, Buffy yeah. the Vampire. Yes. Yes, now I know. Um, Dirk, better late than never. I don't know why, but I can't look it up. So you'll have, <laughs> you'll have to figure it out. I can't might, do I'm anything. I'm having real problems with my computer. Ner- nerds like me. What's that mean? Uh, I think that she's referring to when we were talking about um, Doom Patrol. All right, he was in Serenity, of course, which is the movie uh, based off Firefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Rookie Castle. Is Castle. What you're thinking of. I'm thinking of Castle. It was also yes. a pretty good show. 
That was a pretty good show. That is the one I'm thinking of. You got it. Castle, Firefly, Serenity, uh, Slither. He was in that movie. Whatever that is. Yeah, he's been in a lot of stuff. He's a great actor. One of my favorites. So that's all the news I got. Do you got anything else? Uh, No, I don't. Not for news-wise. All right. Before we get into our top 10, um, why don't we do some what you're watching? Because I want to hear your thoughts on Free Guy. Yes. I, I reviewed s- it. Was that last week or the week before? You did. Uh, last week. Last Was it? Pretty sure. Last, last week, week I reviewed it. Um, you can go back and listen. Um, I just... So you all remember, I couldn't wait till Jerry watched it because mm-hmm. no, it was two weeks ago. It was one thirty eight, episode one thirty eight. Uh, you because I couldn't watch it that weekend, and then we recorded, and it was the next weekend. So it was two episodes ago. But yeah, I I didn't I wasn't able to see it. Chris talked about it, um, and then finally I got to go see it. I took Grady and Grant, and then uh, their uh, friend Bryce. We all went and saw it. And so backstory, the trailer, like I've said, has done an incredible disservice to this movie and whoever cut the trailer, whoever they had make it and whoever agreed that this was a good thing, um, should not get any of the royalties from this movie or get paid because I thought it looked absolutely awful. And Amy thought the same thing. She saw, she didn't go with us, but I think she would really enjoy this movie after seeing it. But she's like, that trailer just looks so bad. I don't, I don't think I'd want it. They leave out so much. Um, you don't really get to know what is even going to happen in that movie. They just show you that it's this game world that has no meaning. There's like literally no meaning. You get to see like the opening scene in the trailer and then that's it. So you get nothing out of that. Besides the action and the craziness. So I didn't want to go see it. Then I hear your opinion on it and I hear that cash really enjoyed it as well. And then cash was constantly telling Grady about it. And so Grady was constantly hounding me about it. And then you got me excited. So I was like, okay, yeah, definitely. We're going to go see it. So we did. We went on a Saturday afternoon, went and saw the movie. And from the time the movie started, until it ended, I think I had a huge smile on my face. It was one of the most fun experiences at the movies I've had in a long time. I mean, since we've started going back to the movies, um, this is probably the best movie I've seen since going back to the movies. Yeah, um, definitely. And so, yes, it's crazy that he lives in this other world. It's in the game world, you know, and you find out that he's, a non-playable character in the game. But honestly, like the story, the the written story that somebody created of this non-playable character being, and this is going to be spoilers. I'm sorry if I'm spoiling it for some of you, but I'm going to. Um, this non-playable character actually coming to life and being this artificial intelligence, basically like in a simulation like we've talked about before. And becoming aware of everything around him and being able to make his own choices. Just watching that build up was awesome. And then, like you said, there's an outside story to this as well, where there's people playing the game and a girl playing the game that basically falls in love with this non-playable character. And so you have their love story, but the whole love story 
that you see in the game is really overarching to the love story outside of the game that really hasn't, you really haven't seen until the end. And it, I loved the line where the whole movie is goofy and there's different things happening and it's really fun and exciting. But when finally at the end, when uh, Ryan Reynolds says like, he's like this entire time, he's like, I've been the love letter for you for this, you know, like he's was the love letter and he understood it. Like he understands the whole process of what happened outside of a world that he never knew existed until just recently. And it like blew me away. I was like, Oh my gosh. I think that writing was incredible. I I really, really do there. Like you, again, you've said it, but there is so much heart to it that you would never expect of a movie like this. Obviously it's really fun. Taika Waititi is the bad guy. Um, what's his name? I can't remember. Ar- Arnold or it starts with an A or something, but he's like the owner of the company and he stole some technology, but uh, he, the way he plays that character, it's obviously unlikable, but it's so good. I want to see him act like that all the time because it's like off putting and hilarious at the same time. I agree. But so it was enjoyable for me as an adult uh, because I understood the depth of it really. And all of the funny jokes, like the real, the deep funny, like adult jokes that was in it. Right. Um, But the boys, all of the boys were cracking up the whole time too, you know, at a kid level. There, like you said, there are some cuss words and some uh, situations that I think they didn't understand, but it was a little bit much, but it didn't take away from the movie. And honestly, it's not like they come home cursing anyways, because they know they can't. Um, They loved it, though. They were laughing the whole time. They had a really fun time. They were talking about the movie the whole way back. Uh, in the car and react, you know, reenacting some of the scenes, especially when the dude uh, comes at the end of the movie, which was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, all of it as a, as a whole, I would definitely rate it. Like if I had to rate it on IMDB or uh, rotten tomatoes, I would definitely be putting it in the nineties. It's above. And yeah, it's in the nineties. It's like a 95 or above for me. Uh, Nolan, what do you think? I, I'd be curious to hear uh, your thoughts on it, but um just just more of this, less of everything else. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's so fun to see a really, really, really enjoyable movie, mm-hmm. but that also has a heartfelt story and message to it, but that's also completely original. Yeah. It's so original. I think it's amazing that they were... So the game that the... Uh, the two main characters had made and then the game you get that has their code in it um, are similar. But I think the underlying story of that game just being like a life simulator, like just being real life and then them getting like uh, some sort of a, what, what would it be called? Like uh, becoming aware, like actual art, artificial intelligence. I think is amazing. Like, yeah. cause it's going to probably happen. Like, I think this is going to happen. It's, it's fun because there is like many different paths. This movie could have taken 
And yeah. it could have been so much more superficial. Oh, for sure. Without the love story, without the emotional resonance, without the kind of like deep introspective, like what's it all about? Yeah. It could have just been surface level, a guy in a fortnight. I know. And that's and what it, I thought it was. And it didn't do that. And I think that's, I, I just think it was a bold move. I understand it, like with the popularity of Ryan Reynolds and with the popularity of Fortnite, any way you make this movie is going to be a home run as far as making money. Yes. Yeah. But it, I mean, obviously it's unfortunate this came out during the pandemic because it would have been a very high grossing movie. I think if this came out pre pandemic, you know, you're talking about probably a five, $600 million movie. Yeah. And it's probably not going to make half that now, but no, it isn't, but it's, it's worth the watch. You know, also it will get a sequel. We don't need a sequel though. It's fine. No, I will also point out that you think they'll make a sequel. I think they will. Yeah. I think they will just because Mm. it's been well received, but here's the thing. I don't want to put it out there that it's necessarily for everybody. There's a lot of people that this movie that may not like enjoy this movie. Like, I think it can please the crowd. I really do. I think it can be like you think your dad would like this movie. Well, I don't know. Probably not because he doesn't understand the Fortnite stuff or the gaming aspect to it. But I don't know if you necessarily need to. No, I'm just saying like I think uh, it helps if you have the right age children. It helps if you are predisposed to video games or just kind of nerdier things. Um, those are all going to be make uh, other than that. If you don't have that baseline, you know, it, it's still a good movie. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong, but it, it's, it re- what did you think about the, uh, the IP I was telling you about the, Oh yeah. At the end, I knew exactly when it happened and yeah. I was like, Holy crap. Like that's what he was talking about a couple times. And yeah, there was multiple different things, but the, the big one that, he reveals the only thing that bothered me was like, I thought when that happened, when it was revealed, I thought like the dude guy would be done with. I didn't like the fact that he was like blocking all of it. Yeah. I thought that was dumb. Uh, Nolan said, we both loved it. The theater exploded with laughter at the part with Chris Evans. Same in our theater. It wasn't very crowded, but um, it did yes. get a big reaction. Ours did too. Uh, don't think my kid got some of the jokes. Mom, mom, that's my special <laughs> stock. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, there was a, definitely, which is good. I'm glad that some of the, I was really concerned about that, like going into this movie just because, you know, I just knew it wasn't a movie for kids. Yeah. It was a movie for teenagers. Yes. And a lot of PG-13 movies, I have no problem showing my kids to PG-13 movies. Sure. But those movies are kind of even still aimed for general audiences. And this one's, I think, was probably more towards an older it was, you know, teenage. It was. It ran the line of what I would want to show, you know, Grant at, at least. But they, he didn't understand a lot of those jokes. But I will say, um, after watching it, I, you know, I, I have no qualms about my eight-year-old going to it. No, not at all. I mean, there's maybe two or three references that are a little iffy that are, are above his head. Yeah, yeah, I agree that it was the same way with us. And and I, I'm not language isn't a. I mean, I hate to say it, but my kids hear that language out of my mouth all the time. Yeah. They understand not to say it, and they understand that I shouldn't be saying it. Right. So that's that's where we are in the language. The violence, 
you know, is very, very video game, very light. Yeah. The violence is nothing. Yeah. I don't think because they see that. I mean, they play Fortnite. So my, my biggest concern on movies with my kids is like sexual innuendo. Mm hmm. You know, just because it's uncomfortable and it is. And then it raises the question of like, what does that mean? Yeah. And I don't want to answer you. I'm not going to answer you. And you're just going to have to wonder for a while. Right. You know, it's going to be awkward for us. And just don't repeat it when you go to school. Like, that's the biggest thing. Um, so we got some more what you're watching. Do you want to wait and do it after the sports top 10? Um, yeah. Because Might we don't well. know how long it'll take. Right. And they're not anything that I think. Well, we need to waste time. I got on two right new things, and the rest of them are things that we've already been kind of watching. Okay, well, let's do the top ten, and then we'll get to them. All right, top ten sports movie, Jerry. It's been a while since we've done a top. We 10. have not done a top ten in quite some time, and I'm excited for this one. I always, to be honest, I always get nervous before we do top tens and to reveal picks. I do. I don't know why. I feel like this is where you're judged. Oh, heavier than anything else. I'm going to be judged harshly on this because I think so. You know how we always do a top 10 and I'm always very careful about balancing like uh, the importance of the movie, the yep. quality of the movie, my yep. opinion of the movie. I balance all these aspects. I don't. I, I always go with uh, and this instinct. one. I went with what do I enjoy the most? What do I want to watch the most? Yeah, that's what I do. That's pretty much what I did in this top 10. Now I had like 20 movies. It, this was, I should say kind of, very difficult. Um, harder than I thought it would be. There's a lot. I A lot of and very I, good sports movies. And I love sports movies. I, I don't think of it often as a genre that I like, but it is. It is. Like, I love a good sports movie. I like the feeling of, like, triumphing. Yes. The underdogs and the story. I think that's where you get the best story of that, is where when you, you know, the down and out, out of luck people that need help and then you know, never win. And then they get a chance to do something, change something in their life. And then they actually win. And going through that trial with them is so appealing to me, like to watch it, to feel it. I've like shed tears at some of these movies because I just get so worked up about them. And Amy's the same way. And one of them you're going to laugh at. You're going to laugh at one of them about getting emotional about it. But Amy and I both have. Okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, I never shy away from a good sports movie. Yeah, no, I don't. There's lots of genres of movies that I'm like, "Ah, I just don't need to watch that right now. There's some of them I felt that way about and then went back and watched them. And I was like, oh, man, a mistake. You know, like not watching this in the theaters or when I could have. The other great thing about sports movies is they age very well. Yeah, most Um, of the time they do. They don't, you know, you never watch an old one and you're like, oh, this is so irrelevant now because the stories are so universal yeah universal yeah they they really are there was one i'll this isn't a spoiler or anything there was one i was going to put on my list that is like that and it was it was called the hustler or just hustler yeah i love that it's yeah like a pool hustling movie with um oh now i can't remember names paul Uh, newman paul newman and jackie gleason Jackie Gleason played this guy, Minnesota fats. And he was like the ultimate billiards player. And then Paul Newman was the hustler that went around hustling people. And then he gets to play Minnesota fats. And it's an awesome movie. My dad used to watch it all the time. Cause he loves playing pool. And uh, that's the only time I had watched it. But now I saw it on TV maybe a month ago and started watching parts of it. 
and it is very good. Boy, it's a shame that pool isn't like a thing anymore because I love playing pool. I love it too. I mean, I it but is I still never a thing. do it. No, I mean, but it is still a thing. People, there's pool leagues all around here. Yeah, they just I don't. I feel like it's lost its popularity. Yeah, I guess so. Um, all right, well, let's get started. We'll start right at number ten. Number ten. Um, you oh, have. I forgot. I like to pull up oh, the movie boy. before I speak of it. Oh yeah, I forgot my computer doesn't work. Dirk um, says dodgeball. <laughs> you can dodge a wrench. You can dodge a ball. Yeah, duck, dip, dodge, dive, dodge. I believe is what how that goes. Um, all right, my number ten is again, like I said, people aren't going to like my list <laughs> because I left off a lot of classic movies which I like, but these are just ones that like I prefer. If I'm going to pick a movie to watch, yeah, these are ones that I would go back to. Uh, and this one's a 2006 movie starring Mark Wahlberg. Oh yeah, and it's called Invincible. Invincible. Okay. What is, is that a, a it's boxing a, movie? No, no, no. It's a football movie. And oh. it's uh, oh, about yeah. the Eagles. And they have open tryouts. And Mark oh, Wahlberg's, my gosh. Yeah. I should have put this on my list. It's not on my list. I love this movie because I love uh, Greg Kinnear. He's in it. And he's one of my favorite actors. Yes. Um, and like I said, it's, again, first off, the time frame. It's like set in the 70s. Yes. And they do a great job of it. And I like it a lot how they do that it's a true story yep um and it's about the eagles that have open casting to anybody in the city of philadelphia wants to come try out yeah and this guy that's just kind of like an everyday i don't even know what he is a contractor or something yeah i I think he was a bartender or something bartender maybe i don't remember i don't know but he comes and tries out and he's small Mm -hmm. and he doesn't make any sense that he's going to be able to do it, but he does it and he gets on the team and I think he was a returner, right? A kick returner. Yes. A kick return. Ran back some touchdowns. I think he played for several seasons. It's based on a true story, which is always bonus points for me. Yep. Um, And yeah, it's just a movie. I, I absolutely love. I completely agree with you. I do love that movie. I remember sitting down and watching, watching it. It was like on TV. I'd never even really heard about it before. And then I, Amy and I sat down and watched the whole thing. Love it. I should have put that on my list. I can't now, but. Oh, Nolan said, I wonder if that's why they cast Paul Newman as the pool hustler in color of money. Yes. I believe color of the money was a unofficial or official sequel to the movie, the hustler. Really? I didn't know that with Tom, uh, Tom Cruise. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that at all. I would, that makes sense. Yep. So that is my number 10 is invincible. I believe that's a Disney movie as well. It is. Yes. Yes. Um, mine was a big, big movie at the time. It won four Oscars and I believe it got, it might've got best picture that year. Million dollar baby. Million dollar baby. (laughs) I have it as number 10 because it's not one of my favorites, but I remember loving the movie when I watched it. It took me years to go and watch this movie. I I agree. It's the same for me. It took me so long to go and watch this. Amy had seen it and was constantly telling me to watch it. So I finally sat down and watched it. I thought it was kind of boring in the beginning, but then towards the end and then the whole ending portion, Clint Eastwood is absolutely amazing. Uh, Morgan Freeman's really good. It, it, what's her name? Hillary Swank. Yeah. Hillary she's, Swank. She's incredible. I think the acting, the story is all very good. And then it's, it's all about that ending. Oh, the I ending mean, is heartbreaking. It is. 
you go through the gamut in this movie. Is that a true then, story too? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think it is. I think it's just a very well-written story. Yeah. Um, I think it was written and directed by Clint Eastwood, right? Yes. Yes, it was. I I loved it. I thought it was really great, and I had to put it on my list. I I struggled. I wasn't going to. I At the end of the day, I, I think it needed to be on this list because I do believe it is a top 10 movie. Sweet. Um, all right. My number nine. Okay. So I got to preface this. Um, <laughs> it's it, I, it's borderline of what you consider a sports movie. Okay. I understand that people will be angry that this bumped off more legitimate sports movies, but it is mm. a sports movie. On another list, I believe it might have been my number one comedy movie of all time. Happy Gilmore. No, oh. it is Caddyshack. Oh, Caddyshack. I yeah. knew it would be a golf one. Yeah. Um, I obviously adore the movie Caddyshack. It's one of the most quotable movies of all time. Listen, it's based around a, the movie's based around a sport, which is golf. Yes. It's a sports movie. I think it, yeah. I mean, if you look at other lists, it's on the list for sports movies. So I consider it to be that. And, um, you know, I can't, uh, you got to give credit where it's due to one of the funniest movies ever made. And it happens to be about sports. Yeah. So I got to give it to Caddyshack. About a sport. I like it. I thought about putting it on my list and I didn't end up doing it. Um, my number nine is kind of an, an obscure film that I don't think a lot of people watch. This is also a Disney uh, movie, produced movie, um, and it's called The Greatest Game Ever Played. Sounds familiar. It's about golf and it's with Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf. Uh, um, when he was young. I believe I remember this movie. I don't think I've seen it. Early 2000s, he plays this kid. Uh, named uh, it's Francis Yaumet, Umet, something like that. And this is based, it is a true story. It's the It's based on a true story, but this really happened. So he was basically a caddy uh, for all of these players and then ends up starting to play the game. And he tries out for the U.S. Open and obviously ends up making the field, but uh, he's it's frowned upon caddies don't get up don't get to play this game and he comes from a lesser like poor family and his dad even said like we don't get to do these type of things like you know they're given everything and we have to work for our stuff you know we don't get to do that and then he comes back with yeah i'm working to do this and i'm going to do this and he does end up getting into the u.s open he was 20 years old at the time he brought this little kid, like this little nine-year-old kid with him to be his caddy. He didn't even know who he was. The kid ran up to him on the day of the U.S. Open, and he just gave him his clubs. And they went around and played all three rounds of golf, and he, spoilers, ends up winning the U.S. Open, and that's true. He really did. In 1913, a 20-year-old kid won the U.S. Open against these great golfers at the time, and it kind of set a precedence where the U.S. was good at golf and because it was a huge British sport, you know. And it was always over in England that they played this game and they were looked at as the elite golfers. And then this 20-year-old American came in and beat all of these professional people the first time he ever played a professional match. And it's fun. I like it. I love golf movies. Um, I think they're really fun. And this one's... This this is one of those ones where you watch it throughout and you're like, oh, at the time that I watched it, I didn't realize it was a true story. And you're just like hoping the outcome is what you want it to be. And right. it is. And it's fun. 
Nice. That's good. Uh, I will check that out. My next one is my number eight, and that is a 2009, another football movie. I love football movies. I'm a sucker for football movies. Um, Also starring one of my favorite actresses, Sandra Bullock. Oh. And this is The Blind Side. You like it that much, huh? I love that movie. Amy loves this movie, too, and I liked it. This one's always a tearjerker for me. It is. Also based on a true story of Michael Orr, who was actually legitimately a very good football player. Yeah. Um, And this is, you know, if you haven't seen it, you should see it. But it's a story of him, basically a young kid from nothing, Mm -hmm. no family, homeless, basically. George, was it based in Georgia? Uh, I thought it was Texas. Texas. It might be Texas. Uh, It's got Tim McGraw in it and Sandra Bullock. And he basically gets adopted by this family. Mm-hmm. and brought in this part of the family and they get him playing football. And from there on, he goes on, becomes a very successful NFL player. Um, just a very, very good heartwarming story about, you know, family. Really. Yeah, it really is. It's all about family. I know this f- film and the book that it was based on took some heat recently in these woke days of it being like a white savior story. Um, I just think it's a little ridiculous because it's, it's, yeah, it's a true story. Yeah, it's a true story. You know, like this is really this guy's family. You know what I mean? Yeah. This, these are real people. Why tear down a good family that brought a kid in and adopted him and then raised him into what he is? Like, right. that's not bad. Right. And it wasn't them trying to be like, look at me. It was like, hey, this kid needs a lot of help and we can provide it for him. Right. And we love him. So um, it's just a really good movie. I agree. That's my but, number eight. But it's not in my top ten. Okay. Uh, I think we're going to be very different throughout this whole list. For and it's sure. cool. I like this. Normally we have a lot that are similar, um, but just at different rankings. This one, we haven't had one that's the same. My number eight is one that came out right around my uh, high school years, like coming into high school. It might have even been right before I got into high school. But we all watched it. Everybody loved it. And it was one that we watched all through high school as well. And that is a football movie called Remember the Titans. Remember the Titans. We've talked about this many times. We have. And I can't, I can't say that I've watched it recently. And I can't say that I will watch it recently. I haven't but seen it, it in played, so long. It played in my house so many times in my childhood, in my teenage years. And at every one of my friends' house, houses, like we watched it all the time and everybody loved it and we quoted it all the time. Um, and I just feel like it has to be on my list because and, it was so prevalent in my life. And an amazing um, performance from another one of my favorite actors of all time. Uh, yeah. Denzel Washington. My boy Denzel. King Kong ain't, ain't got, got shit on, on me. me. Yeah. And he plays that role perfectly. Yes. He's a great coach. Um, it's just awesome. Um, yeah, I totally agree. I always have told this. I know I've told this story many times, but when I was in high school, um, is when that movie came out. Yeah. And the football team as a team went to the movie theater to watch this movie. Yes. And I was not on the football team. I was a golfer. Yeah. But you went anyways. No, I did not go. Oh, but I came back to school. I had went to the movies over the weekend and saw the movie. And it was a really great movie, so everybody's talking about it. 
And I mentioned at the lunch table, I'm like, hey, man, I went and saw Remember the Titans, too. And, man, it was such a good movie. And one of my friends and one of the players on the football team would just got this befuddled look on his face. He's like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, yeah, I went to see the movie. He goes, you can't see that movie. <laughs> what do you mean I can't see that movie? That movie's only for football teams to see. Like, you have to be a part of a football team to see the movie. <laughs> and he truly believed it. He truly it. <laughs> believed it. Like, you have to be, you have to go with a football team. That's the only way you can go to the theaters and see the movie. <laughs> Kids are so dumb. <laughs> I'm sorry. Don't, nobody take offense to that. But really, it just, how ridiculous. You have to be on a football team to go to the movie theater right. to watch a movie that's open to the public. <laughs> So anyway, that was uh, I'll never forget that story. That's hilarious. Um, all right, we're at my number seven. Um, uh-huh. This is just an ultimate, ultimate classic movie in my book. It's okay. one anytime. It's first of all, it's a movie that you all saw as a kid when you were you were way too young to be seeing this rated R movie. Oh yeah, but usually it was on TV, so they edited it out. Oh yeah, perfect. Um, and this movie is Major League. Real quick, before we get into that movie, there are so many movies I saw as a kid that I should have never probably watched, but they were all TV edited, so yeah. they were okay, that I thought were a certain way, and then I saw them later in life, unedited, and was like, whoa, wait a minute, like that's what's in this movie? And it changed my whole perspective on a lot of different movies. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, Major League. First of all, I love anything related to baseball movies. Yes. Um and it's a hilarious comedy. And, you know, it's got an amazing cast. Charlie Sheen, obviously, is the, kind of the star of it. Uh, Wesley of Snipes is in it. Tom Berenger. Uh, Bob Euchre. I was just going to say, Bob Euchre is a gem. Um, but there is just, it's a super quotable movie that I haven't seen in too long. Cause, and there are right. several sequels. Uh, I don't, re- I mean, I've seen them all. Mm-hmm. Um, so they all kind of blend into each other. Yeah, I'll never forget the first one. Um, I still constantly, when I'm coaching baseball, am saying lines from this movie to the kids (laughs) nonstop. Um, And now they're all growing up thinking that it's a quote from Chris Harford. It's you said that. (laughs) Um, But obviously we know the story. The Cleveland Indians, you know, they get a new owner. She wants the team to lose so they can move to Miami. Yes. And assembles a terrible team, a ragtag group, you know. And of misfits, misfits, and they against the odds come back and you know win. Yeah, and it's just a stupid, goofy comedy, but it's so fun to but watch. But it's so fun to watch. It's awesome. I again, I don't have it on my list. I should have put it on there. But there's just so many good movies. Yes. Um, my number seven is also a baseball movie that came out. I think two thousand something. It might be in the tens. It's got to be like Angels in 2012. the outfield. I do love that movie, and Grady <laughs> loves it too. I had him watch that. Uh, no, it's called Moneyball. Oh, Moneyball! Yeah, it's a with great movie. Brad Brad Pitt and Chris Pratt, uh, and it looks at and it don't is, forget the guy who won an Oscar for it, um, Jonah Hill. Didn't he win an Oscar? for Oh him? yeah, he did. Uh, it is a different side of baseball that is also based off of a true story and a book of the same name called Moneyball. And it's based around the Oakland A's, uh, the athletics, and what they did to start changing baseball, like on how they drafted and they looked at stats differently and uh, started doing a lot of things different that baseball had never done before. before. 
And it was a really fun movie to see because you look at it as a baseball movie, but it's really about like numbers. You know, it's all about putting numbers together and it's not about physical ability, but looking at like overall averages and things like that. And it's just fun. And it's cool to see that teams were really doing this at the time. And it was something that nobody would ever done before. How, how, you know, that's what the question is. Every time I've watched it is like, how did nobody look at this stuff before to try to make the best team possible? Now, has it really panned out for the Oakland A's over the last few years? Like, well, but that's how all teams do it now. Yes. It changed the entire game of baseball. And everybody else caught up to that yep. right away once they figured out what they were doing. I just think it's incredible that it was like an inside look to change an entire game. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. I also love that movie. It's one of a few movies that um, are about the business of sports. Yes. And there's another notable one. It, it didn't make my list, but it was on my long list. Um, I'll see if you mention it. But Okay. Uh, I doubt it. That gets me to number six on mine. This one's going to catch some flack. Okay. But it's a movie that I find very entertaining and I will watch any time that it's on. Yes. And this is a 2000, another football movie. Okay. Starring the only person, the only time in a sports movie you've seen anybody throw a football underwater. And it's uh, Keanu Reeves, Gene Hackman, oh, The Replacements. The Replacements, yeah. I like that movie. I yeah. love that movie. Anytime I see it, um, Shane Falco, I think is his name, is, is Keanu it? Reeves' character. It's it's in the 80s. Um, Washington Redskins, there's a football strike. All the players go on strike. Mm-hmm. So the owners go out there and they just get a bunch of like B-list or like replacement players. Yeah. Some of them are college players. Some of them playing in other countries. Some of them haven't played professionally before. And it's a, it's not only a good sports movie, it's also a good heartfelt. It's got a lot of other stories going on, yeah. And it's also very funny. It's like it's a, hilarious. It's a very good trifecta movie. Anybody can enjoy this movie. I don't care who you are. I, Keanu yeah. Reeves is amazing in everything that he's in. He really is. And um, again, it's just anytime I see that movie on, I understand people might say, "How can you put that in the top ten greatest sports movies of all time?" Right. But it's my favorite movies, my top ten. No, I agree. I think it is absolutely hilarious. I do. Well, I've watched it so many times. This is the thing is that you don't realize how many sports movies you actually like until you dig into it and try to make a top 10. And that's another one that I've glanced over and kind of forgot about just because there's so many good movies. Yeah. Um, so what number are we on? Six, right? Uh, yes. So six. my number six, uh, is another baseball movie and it's an older one with Kevin Costner called Bull Durham. Oh yeah. Have you seen it? Yeah. We're going to talk about it later. Oh, okay. Sure. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Kevin Costner's the old, uh, uh, catcher that has basically lived his baseball career in triple a. And then you get this young pitcher coming up, you know, Tim cocky, Robbins. Tim Robbins. Uh, who's the lady in it? Um, Susan Sarandon. Susan Sarandon. One of her best performances, I think, of her career uh, was in this movie. It's awesome. I'm not going to get too deep into it because obviously we're going to talk about it again, but I love it. I remember it being on TV all the time when and I was a kid. Another movie that is not 
as much a sports movie is about what surrounds sports. Yes. Yes. You know, it's surrounding like the, your lives. I want to see the business of sports, but like the business of a team. Yes. You know, and what it takes. Like the, yeah, the process of being on a team and, and it's about, everything. It's that, about athletes, right? It's more about athletes than it is about actual footage of a game. Happening. The lives of the athletes. Yes. yes. And I love it. Uh, that'll bring me to top five. We're in top five country now. We are. Um, this pick for me is part nostalgia, part mad respect for a genre or a string of movies that has created its own genre and subculture over many, many years. And that is the karate kid. Yeah. I never thought about that being a sports movie. I saw it on some of the lists, but on its own, the first karate kid movie is a spectacular movie. Well, yes. Um, it's like, I've seen that probably 150 times. Yeah, it, you know? It's anytime you watch it too. It's great. You know, like the cast is great. The story's great. The action's great. And another thing that's not so much about the sport as it is about, you know, the idea of martial arts and how yes. it can affect your life. So I, and I don't know if that, that's enough right there on its own just to propel that movie up that high. Um, but all the sequels I enjoyed a lot, mm-hmm. you know, as a kid, some of them aren't as good. I get that. Um, but then you, then they come out with the new karate kid, with Jaden Smith, I understand a lot of people didn't like it. I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. So as far as remakes go, we liked it. I think they did a great job on it. That's a great movie. And then they come out with Cobra Kai, a phenomenal series, really one of a really, really good series. Um, I understand it's a little teeny drama times, but But that's, you love teen drama. So, but I will tell you, um, so I'm kind of judging it as, as a whole, but also the best of it is the first movie Mm -hmm. and it's timeless and it's a classic and you know, who doesn't, Love watching the end of that movie, you know the, final, the final fights against Absolutely. Johnny Lawrence. Yeah, sweep the leg. Yeah. So uh, the Karate Kid. That's my number five. Okay, uh, this is my pick that I think people will laugh at me about because of how emotional Amy and I have been over this movie and how much we love it. And it doesn't. It's different, but it's about horse racing, and it's about one specific horse. Called Secretariat. Yes. And not Seabiscuit. Not Seabiscuit. Uh, this is about Secretariat. And I didn't see this movie on any of their lists, which is fine. Maybe people don't consider it a sports movie, but it is. I mean, it's about horse racing, it's about a specific horse, and it's about a woman that is running the, or she owns the horse, and her dad did. And then she starts taking over the business because her dad's sick. And she takes over the horse business that they have and they're training this horse and they immediately realize like there is something special about this horse because everything that he does is just better than anything that they've ever seen before. And then it's about like the relationship the trainer and the jockey have with the horse. And then, you know, obviously there's some trials because Secretariat gets injured. It has like a mouth problem. And a lot of times that's like detrimental to horses because it wouldn't eat and it was getting weaker and weaker. And then a lot of big races were coming up. They end up getting that fixed. And then watching like the jockey with the horse and the connection he has with it. And then going through all of the races and you think like they're down and out, but then they come out in these races and it just absolutely dominates the field to the point where 
it gets me so worked up watching this horse run around the track and beat everybody else. And I know it's that wasn't real then, but it happened in real life. And then it got me into this rabbit hole of going into YouTube and watching races that this horse was in. And it is unbelievable what that horse did will probably never be beat. You'll we'll probably never see a horse do what that one did. And you know, all of the people that were behind it and gosh, Amy, and I literally get so worked up. Still, I've seen it so many times, but the end races when it, it wins the triple crown, you know, and you just see how it does and the amount that it wins by unbelievable. Then finding out like later how secretariat had a, its heart was like twice the size of a normal horse's heart and its lung capacity was more. It just was like an anomaly in the world of horse racing. And I, it's unbelievable. Nice. It's such a fun movie. I've you can watch seen, it with I've your never kids. Seen it. Oh man, you need to. Yeah. It's so good. I love it so much. That's why it's my top five. Um, all right. So my number four, um, what is my number four? My number four, oh, here's another um, genre of movie, sports movies that I love. And there's a million of them, and they're all some of my favorites, and that's hockey movies. Oh, okay. Um, but I really only had room to put one hockey movie. Yeah. It, was, it was a tough choice, but I picked a Goon. Miracle. <laughs> Yeah, I no. love Goon. <laughs> I do. It would be Miracle, though. Uh, Miracle, it has to be. 2004 um, movie about the U.S. men's ice hockey team as they, in the 1980 Winter Olympics, based on a real uh, true story starring yep. Kurt Russell um, against the Soviets. It is an amazing movie. It is so uplifting. It is the triumph. It's yeah. everything that you want out of a sports movie. It is a literal miracle. The miracle on ice. The miracle on ice, man. And... Um, they just nail it at every beat. It's it, just like, it's a textbook. This is how you make like a sports movie that is inspirational. And it is another one that you watch and you're like built up like to a point where you're like, come on, this has to happen. Yeah. And then when you, it's finally like when it all happens and you get that relief, it's so great. Yes. This is what sports movies do so well. It's, and it's, it's very much one of the sports the movies that gives you the feeling that you feel watching your team in a championship. Yeah. You know, watching, you know, a, t- a team that you love win the World Series or, you know, watching the Bulls win a championship. It, it gives you that feeling just watching this movie, even though you know what's going to happen. Right. But uh, outside of the actual sports parts of the movie, it's also like a great movie like yeah. at, at every beat. But there's lots of great hockey movies too, like Mystery Alaska is a great, great movie. Oh, I don't know that one. Um, the Mighty Ducks, obviously, you know, Goon. There's tons of them, but but Miracle is especially too because it's a true story. Mystery Alaska is the one where there's like a small uh, like rink in Alaska, and like a professional team comes there to play like on an outdoor rink in Alaska against like the Alaskan people that yeah. play there aren't, aren't professionals. And so it's, it's, it's also a great movie, but miracle. I mean, it's the Olympics and it's the U S and Soviets. It's yep. 1980. I mean, you can't plan something more dynamic than that. So, and to tell you how this affected people, people that really saw it happen. One of our teachers that we had at Mazan grade school used to talk about that moment all the time. Well, it was the cold war was and, going on. I mean, this was towards the end of the cold war. 
It was a big deal, man. And I remember him like laying it all out for us about what happened. He's like, and then talking about the announcers and he's like, and the announcer says, uh, you know, uh, do you believe in miracles? Yes. And he's like jumping up and down in front of the class when I was in sixth grade explaining about this hockey game. And I had no idea. And also like, social studies. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I had no idea what he was talking about, but he was so passionate about that one game. And then seeing the movie and seeing what actually happened, it's kind of cool to watch, you know, and actually be able to see something that happened. Yes. That he was so passionate about that happened in real life. Uh, I am on number four. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. It was a mo- another movie <clears throat> that we had turned on just because like just found a random movie one day to watch uh, Amy and I and flipped it on. I didn't have very high hopes for it. Um, I didn't think I would be a huge fan of box, like a lot of boxing movies, but this one just blew me away. It's called the fighter. Oh, it's a great movie with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. He plays uh, Mickey Ward. And then Christian Bale plays his brother, Dickie Ward. And uh, Amy Adams in it, is in it, too. And I don't remember her character's name, but she's Mickey's ends up being Mickey's girlfriend. She was a bartender uh, and she's throughout the whole movie. But it's obviously about boxing. But the main story is about Mickey becoming a great boxer and getting to like the top tier level. Uh, and it's also about his brother, like Christian Bale he was a great boxer and then falls out because of addiction. Like addiction takes over his life, but he has trained his brother, Mark Wahlberg forever. And the performance that you get, not only from Mark Wahlberg and everybody else and Amy Adams and uh, the mom, I don't remember her name either, but you got to look her up. She was really great. But Christian Bale's performance in this movie is unbelievable. Like, I don't think people talk about it enough because it's another one where he transformed his body to be super skinny. He looks different. He's got kind of jacked up teeth. It looks like he's a, you know, an addict, but he loves boxing. He loves his brother. And just the performances that you get from them two guys and the interactions you have is unreal. I love it. I've seen it so many times now and it blows me away every time that it's not talked about more. I think this movie should be talked about. I think it won an Academy Award. Did it? Several, I think. Oh, well, good. I'm glad people <laughs> acknowledge that. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. Um, because like I said, it was like a throwaway movie. I never even paid attention no, to it. No, no, it was a big movie. Uh, heavy Boston accents, too. Yes, super heavy. It's so good. It, it is unreal. It, whatever awards it got, it should have because it blew me away watching this movie, and it still does. I could go back anytime. And watch it because it's so fun. I actually want to rewatch it now because I re- watched it and I remember how awesome it was. Yeah, it is so great. And another one I'll mention that's really good. I didn't put it on my list and I know it's not on yours. The the wrestler. Yeah. Mickey Rourke. Yes, that is really good. Uh, not as good as the fighter, though. The fighter is really good. That's why I didn't put it on the list because I was literally battling between, not between the two, but I was like, I don't know if it's really as good. No, it's not. I had the fighter lower on my also list earlier. Also an winner, though. I think the... The, was the wrestler it? was yeah um i had it lower on my list but then i just kept bumping it up and i do believe it needs to be definitely in the top five for me i think four is a good spot may it could have maybe made three but david says the fighter is incredible 
It is incredible. Thank um, you, David. That'll get me to my number three. Um, this has always been one of my favorite movies and favorite sports movies, but just in general, favorite movies of all time. We got to get back back in it into 1996 with Kevin Costner talking about Tin Cup. Tin Cup. I didn't put it on my list. Uh, I have always loved this movie. I could watch this movie a million times. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, Kevin Costner, I, I don't know that a lot of people have seen this movie. I know it was a big movie at the time, yeah. but it's an older movie. It is. And I don't know how much people go back to it, um, but it is pure Kevin Costner. You know, he is at his top of his game yes. with this movie. Um, Rene Russo's in it as well, and Don Johnson. And it, he's kind of basically a down on his luck, just kind of gave up on life at a driving, running and driving range. And he starts getting giving lessons to uh, Rene. Is it Rene Russo? Yeah, Rene yeah. Russo's character, and she is dating Don Johnson, who is a professional golfer, and they are friends. They played together in college. Yeah, um, not friends. Not friends. Not at all. friends at all. Um, nope. So, just kind of out of spite, he, you know, Don Johnson asks Kevin Costner to be his caddy because he knows the course better than anybody. Yeah, because he knows. I mean. He, do, he doesn't like him, but he respects his game, I guess. Okay. You could say. And, you know, whatever. There, all kinds of drama happens from there, obviously. And so Kevin Costner's character decides, I'm going to go out. I'm going to try out for the U.S. Open. And it's the whole story of him basically battling himself mm-hmm. more, more than anything. Really, he's battling, he's struggling with, you know, his for whatever reason he like can't succeed like doesn't want to right he's scared of success he like stops himself stops himself from succeeding so it's not as much i mean it's definitely a sports movie but it's more about like himself and then obviously the love story aspect of it it's just an all-around awesome movie yeah it is Um, and i maybe maybe three is a little high i will admit that it could be a little high it's just a nostalgic movie that I always loved watching. You know, I this is one of the movies that, very quotable too. Like early on in my life, that I remember the trailer com- and remember it being like out in theaters. I remember when it was released. I don't know why, but this movie in particular, I remember seeing it on TV, like it being you know the the trailer and being uh, advertised for. I don't know why. The movie debuted at number one, um, so it obviously did pretty well. But yeah. Um. Yeah, I love that movie. Classic Kevin Costner. Um. Yes, my next movie, number three, seems might seem strange to a lot of people, but it's a phenomenal movie, and it's I would say it's a nostalgia pick for me as well. My mom made me watch this movie all the time, or she didn't make me; she would watch this movie all the time, and I would always be around when it was on. Then I ended up finding myself watching it on my own. And now if it's on TV, I'll watch it all the time because I love it. And it's a little movie called a league of their own. Ah, I, the, the Georgia movie. peaches, Tom Hanks is incredible in it. Madonna is incredible in it. Rosie O'Donnell's in it. I wouldn't say she's incredible, but she's in it. Um, uh, Gina Davis, unbelievable. Then we've got, uh, oh, that one actress that was, she was tank girl. Oh yeah. Yep. And she was in free Willy. Yeah. She's like your favorite. Not really, but she is in a lot of movies I've watched. 
Uh, she's like the main character in it, but it's about World War II when all the guys are gone and they really couldn't field baseball teams. So they had a whole woman's league um, and people were coming and watching baseball all the time to see women play against each other. And Tom Hanks is the coach. And again, it's super quotable. Everybody knows there's no crying in baseball. Um, it's a fun movie. It's really great. I love it. And again, it's a nostalgia pick for me. I think maybe it it is a little, it's at the top. It's at the top of every list. It is so good. It's not on top of my list just because I feel like I don't know. It's been so long since I've seen it Oh man! and I barely remember it to be honest. There's a whole drama. We just talked about this because they're remaking it, right? They're making Are a new they? one. Yeah. I guess I didn't know that. Yeah, because we talked about how it would be great as a series instead of oh, another movie. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Uh, it's fun to watch because you get to see the dynamics. So Gina Davis is an older player. She's played for a long time. She's older, but then she has the battle between her and her husband. Like She's gone all the time. Her husband's at home because... And he's like... uh you know, got issues because he had knee knee or back problems or something like that and couldn't go to the war. So he's at home and he feels useless and she's off playing baseball. So there's that whole dynamic. And then you have the younger players. But what I really love about it is at the end of the movie, um, the actual players that were on the team come out on the field and are there like in the movie and they're the real people. And then at the end, once the credits play, like you get to see the, them play baseball with each other and they're still they're pretty old obviously but they're still swinging bats and hitting balls and playing the game and you get to see all the people that were on the actual team that were still alive and i think that's incredible when you can add the true historic part that actually happened to the movie blows me away yes all right my number two um shouldn't be a surprise i mentioned it earlier it's bull durham bull durham is number two get another uh kevin costner movie in the mix um yeah. an older one 80s yeah. movie uh but another one i just watched over and over and over again it was always on tv i own it on dvd vhs um just uh, probably rated r it is yeah yeah <laughs> probably not you know i was watching it as a child you yeah. know but uh no, it, it, very quotable, awesome story. Uh, obviously, it's about a minor league baseball team, um, the Durham Bulls. Yep. And it's just about like getting to the big leagues, man, in life and in baseball. Yes. And what does it take to, you know, what does it take to live? Like Tim Robbins is like big prospect, right? He's yep. in the minor leagues, but he's destined for the Great. major leagues. Yeah. And, you know, Kevin Costner is the old veteran who's played in the major leagues, but now he's down in the minors, his short career, yeah. you know, in the majors. And it's about like respect and like having respect for the people that came before you and understanding, you know, to be humble. And it's yeah, a, just they, a great story in general. Kevin Costner's used as like the guy to, you know, keep Tim Robbins like in his place a little bit and to teach him like what it's going to take to be at the, at the big leagues, you yes. know? Um, and then obviously there's a whole dynamic there with a woman. Yep. There's always a woman involved. A prostitute. Nonetheless. nonetheless yeah. Um, woman of the night, as they say. <laughs> um, sports Illustrated ranked it as the number one greatest sports movie of all time, by the way. Did it really? Yeah. So I love that yeah. movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, you're missing out. Watch it. Absolutely. If you like baseball, I mean, 
it's good for anybody, but it's if you like baseball, this is like you need one of this. the baseball movies yes. you have to see. Yes, absolutely. Uh, okay, this is where I said I think my number one and two. Everybody's gonna be like, oh yeah, that's what everybody would pick, or it's a cop out. It's not a cop out for me. I, I love these movies. So my number two, also a Kevin Costner movie, Field of, Field Dreams. of Dreams. Yep, it's got to be up there. I know it's the classic movie everybody wants to talk about when it comes to baseball, and it's been in the limelight recently with the whole Field of Dreams game. That's the one they're remaking. The Field and of Dreams are remaking that. They are. Yes. When we we reported that, we said they shouldn't remake that. They should remake A League of Their Own. Okay. They're not remember. remaking A League of Their Own. I didn't think so, but you never know. Today's I remember having that discussion because we were like, why they don't need to remake that as no. a series because they're making it as a series. Yeah, that doesn't and make I'm like, sense why would they do that? They should make a league of their own as a series because it has the historical, right? You know, everything. I, I completely agree. Um, Field of Dreams. It's an amazing movie. I remember watching it as a kid and continuously watching it. I think kids can watch this movie and get something from it. Um, Grady just watched it, loved it. He loved the movie. I thought it was going to be a little too slow for him. No, he sat through the whole thing and loved it. Um, I think it brings like the essence of baseball and like what baseball means to a lot of people. And Kevin Costner, obviously getting to play catch with his dad is the big thing, but that's like, it's a personal game for people. We grow up playing this game and it means a lot to people. And it is America's game because it's like what we've always played. I think it's specifically too, um, cause I think it's probably lost that in our generation and ones after this is, you know, but in that baby boomer generation. Yeah. Like, for ba- you know, growing up in the 1950s and 60s, like, and 70s, baseball was like everything. Everything. You know? Yeah. I mean? It really was. And uh, that's what the movie's about. It's like recreating that. You can have the small little field and then have an enormous thing happen, like right in front of your eyes. And obviously, it was like a miracle and would never, you know dead people can't come back and play baseball. Yeah. It's not going to happen. Uh, but it's cool. It's cool to watch out a movie. Yeah. And the whole, you know, if you build it, they will come thing. Yeah. It's amazing. Love it. Um, and Kevin Costner, that dude. For sure. He's the guy. Him. I love him. Um, okay. My number one. So this, uh, this film as a franchise has probably done the most, as a franchise of any sports, anything. Oh, I think I have the same one. That's Rocky. All day long. Number one. So as a franchise or as a film, either way. Yep. First Rocky is amazing. Um, some of the, I, I will grant it that some of the later, the sequels to it were at cheesy at times. Sure. But they're all good. You know what I they mean? They are. I love Rocky Four. Uh, is that the one where he, with uh, Dolph Lundgren? Yes. I love that movie. Yes. Um, obviously, you got to love the one, all of them. They're all great. Absolutely. Uh, Apollo Creed, amazing. And then Creed and Creed Two are both amazing Huge. movies yeah. as well. Huge like, movies. So much better than they should be. Those Creed movies. Yeah. They're amazing. And then even the newer Rocky Balboa that came out maybe 10 years ago, I enjoyed that movie. That was great too. 
It was I, before Creed. It, yeah, that came out a long time ago. Uh, Rocky Balboa came out in 2006. Yeah, because it was when I was deployed. I remember getting a uh, scammed copy of it and watching it yeah. during my deployment. All of them. Uh, Creed 3 is coming out next year. I'm all in the bag for the Creed franchise. Yes. It's great. But, um, you know, again, how many movies? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Will be nine movies with Creed 3 if you count the Creed films. There's five original Rockies. Five there. original Rockies. I love all five of them. Oh, five isn't great. The fifth one. Right, I thought the fifth one was Rocky Balboa. No, 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 no. That's there's actual five Rockies. Yeah. Then the sixth is Rocky Balboa. Yeah, no, Rocky five, uh, Rocky four is the one where he fights Ivan Drago. Yes, um, five is the street fight. And I thing. don't remember five at all. Yes, um, like Jimmy Gunn or I don't Billy Gunn or something. He fights. I love them all. I mean, the first one I, blows my mind because um, there's parts. It's like there's parts of it that are real artistic. Yeah. And then there's parts of it that are, what do you call it, a montage? It's all, yeah, there's, there's a, a lot, lot of montage, montage in all of them. Um, but, you know, come on. It's That's the, like the original montage movie. That's what created the montage. It's the true underdog story. Um, you know, it's a, I should say, it's a great underdog story. I don't want to downplay Rudy or anything like right, that. Right, well, but, right. Um, Rocky, I I will watch it anytime. I own it all, the whole box set of all and, of it. And let's get real. Everybody has at least seen some part of Rocky. Everybody knows it. Everybody knows the song. Everybody knows him running up the stairs. Everybody knows like the, hey, Adrian, I did it. You know, Everybody knows that. Everybody knows the Lipton Ice Tea commercial. A- absolutely. <laughs> Lipton Ice Tea was huge with rocky in it which is so strange to think about like that was a real commercial yeah why were they like doing animation too right yeah uh everybody knows rocky it has like solidified its place as one of the greatest sports movies of all time whether it's yours or not i don't care it's on everyone's list because it did something that nobody expected when rocky originally came out like sylvester stallone just did this like on his own yeah, and wrote it. And everybody's like, Oh, you're going to try to do this boxing movie. This He's got is really a great strange. story. I've listened to him tell a story like on Howard Stern or, or something. And you know, nobody wanted it. No, it was the same thing with first blood too. Like, right. He had to make those movies. Yes. He got that done on his own. It's crazy. And, and it, they made him a superstar. Yeah. And it changed the sports world like of what was possible to, uh, for a movie nobody was making that type of boxing movie at the time and uh I, it's awesome it's absolutely awesome if you don't have it in your top 10 you're wrong yeah you know at least in your top 10 i'm not saying you have to have it at number one i was always going to put it at my number one apparently you did as well obviously and i believe it should be there there was no question for me yeah i had it written that was down my first one yeah me too um so anyway, that's our top 10. Agree or disagree? We'd love to hear your thoughts. I mean, obviously, there's... I mean, we'll do a honorable mention um, sometime for Patreon. Maybe not tonight. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch more. I had 20 movies on my list. So obviously, yeah, you can everybody's going to yell at us and say, you didn't put Sandlot on your list. Right. You know, or you didn't put Mighty Ducks. Um, you know, but listen to our uh if you want to listen to our honorable mentions go to patreon.com slash snarf comics pay five dollars a month and you can get bonus podcasts and we'll do our honorable mention and it's a hell of a list honestly my second 10 my 10 to 20 are all amazing are movies all amazing too. movies um 
Sports I, movies. I'll tell you what. I think this is a record for us at having the most different movies. I with barely had any. Of the we same. had two. Two. That's it. Rocky and um, Bull Durham. Yeah. Those are the only two movies we had that were the same. So there are 16 distinct movies between the two of us that we didn't match up. And that's rare. And we I got normally, 10 more. And my next 10 were none of the ones that you said. Really? I have yeah. another 10 more. I, a couple of them were what you said. Literally, A League of Their Own was on my next 10. But, oh, really? Um, David said, I've never seen a Rocky movie nor a Godfather movie. What? Uh, I don't know what's wrong with you. First, do the Godfather. Do that first. Yes. <laughs> Something is broken in you, son. You need to watch the Godfather movies. Don't put this stuff off or try to be uppity about it. Okay? Like, don't try to be the guy that says, oh, no, I'm not going to. Everybody else likes it. I'm not going to. Stop that. Yeah. Get rid of that out of your. Go watch. You don't sleep. Just watch the if movies. If you don't want to go back and watch the Rocky movies, at least watch the Creed movies. I, I mean, no, you have to go back yeah, and watch the Rocky movies. That's silly. At least one, at least the first one. Kurt says, I'm disappointed. Um, I'd like is he disappointed in us? I think right he's now? disappointed in our list. Or is he dis? I, I mean, no, I, they came too close together. It has to be the disappointment in David. No, he's disappointed in our list. I'd like to hear uh, his yes, top ten. Though. Kurt, I would just type your top ten out, and put it in the comments, or text well, us something. But you got two we minutes. Need, yeah, we need you to do something. Uh, um, yeah, so that's our top ten. Agree or disagree? It is what it is. It is. We could do some quick what we're watching. Yeah, we've got a solid ten minutes. I won't even talk about Walking Dead. Uh, it's doing some things that are really interesting, but is it really you're enjoying that? I'm enjoying it. Yes, uh, Ted Lasso is still going. We'll talk about that more as it goes on. Yeah, episode um, five, I believe, it was kind of a whatever episode. I thought, but yeah. I went back though and watched the episode where Roy Kent came back. Yeah, because uh, I think I fell asleep or something towards the end of that. Uh, but once I went and watched it again, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. this is what I want. That's one of it. my fantasy. One of my fantasy team names is Roy fucking Kent. Is it really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. I like that. And my other league is Diamond Dogs. Diamond Dogs. Oh, I got to I got to do that. Um, all right. I watched uh I'm watch I watched two new shows. I'm watching a new show. It's an old show. Okay. But it's an Amazon original called Truth Seekers. And it is a um Simon yeah. Pegg Nick Frost show. I'm a huge fan of Simon Pegg and Nick Frost. Yep. Um, they have done some of my favorite movies. I love Shaun of the Dead, mm-hmm. uh, Hot Fuzz, all of their movies I enjoy very much. Um, and this is a series from them. Unfortunately, we'll not get a season two. It didn't get picked up. Um, oh, wow. But it is, uh, you know, Nick Frost is a cable installer slash paranormal on the side. He has like a YouTube channel and he's like yeah. a, a paranoid. It's really funny at times and real creepy at times oh and kind of scarier than i thought it would be i thought it would be more funny than scary but knowing nick frost and simon Pegg, they tend to make their real dark comedy which i love yes and they, they make it either comedy. scarier or more they always go further than you think they should or would go yeah and this show is real heavy on the jump scares and creepy music and um hmm interesting plot but it, i i find it interesting so far i'm like three episodes in so i'll continue on that okay. um, the other one i watched real quick is a documentary on uh, netflix about bob, bob ross i saw that on there yesterday and i didn't watch it and i should have yeah um 
I can't comment one way or the other on it. So the positive I'll say about it is I didn't know that much about Bob Ross and they go in depth into him quite a bit. Now, this is a story more from his son's point of view about how he was, he, their family, his name was stolen after his death by these business partners of his. Oh. And they done did him dirty. They done did him dirty. Yeah. And they're making a lot of money off his name and image still to this day because Bob Ross merchandise is still very popular. But but Bob Ross also never sold any of his paintings, right? Um, he kept his original paintings and it was never sold. And then I don't know if his family didn't want to sell them anymore. Or, no, they, or how, you'll have to watch. They go through all of it. Okay. They talk about all of it. One thing that stood out to me was it seems like Bob Ross was as genuinely an awesome dude as you think he would be. Really? Yeah. Well, that's so good. It was interesting hearing that. Now, it was a tough sit for me because there's a big portion oh. of this movie that goes really deep into his um, you know, diagnosis and with cancer and the whole oh, situation yeah. through a lot of it struck very close to home. Yeah. And so that was difficult. In fact, my I was talking to my sister about it that I had watched it and she was like, "Oh, I, I wanted to see that. Should I watch it?" I'm like, "I don't think you should watch it." Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. So there was some of that that was a little So I, I it's not something I can recommend. Um, but sure. it was interesting enough. Um, mm-hmm. I think you would like it. I, I want to see it. Yeah, I did want to see it. I don't know if um, you know. Generally, it was it was a, a fairly well put together documentary that was kind of kind of a downer, really. Oh, yeah. that's sad because it, it's a sad story, right? It's just the story of his life, and yeah. it's relatively sad, I guess, huh? Yeah. So anyway, that's it for me, and uh, continues to be apparently for his family. Yeah. So real quick, um, oh, we got more time than I thought we had. Yeah, we had 10 minutes. Uh, Chubbs gave us his list. Oh, he did. Sandlot, Major League. I put that on mine. Yeah. Eight Men Out, Rocky. So we had Rocky. Yeah. The Program, Miracle. We both had Miracle. He's got White Man Can't Jump. That's a great movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, For Love of the Game. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's fine. Tin Cup, I had. So, listen. Blue Chips. He Blue said. Chips. It's a good one. I, You know, I don't see Hoosiers on there. Rudy. No. These are popular movies. Yeah, why didn't you put that on there? <laughs> so, I, I don't think you can be too disappointed. A lot of them are ones that we did list. Right. And we will have some of those in our... Uh, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. Yeah, go to patreon.com slash narfcomics and check out our honorable mentions. Jerry, do you have anything you've been watching recently? So there's just one other thing that I watched besides Ted Lasso, and it was, boy, did I make the wrong decision here. Uh, I was home with Graham yesterday because he was sick, and I and he fell asleep, so I was like, yep, I'm going to watch something. And I went on Netflix because I hadn't been on there in a long time. I didn't want to see something new, you know? And I saw the Bob Ross thing. I was like, man, maybe I should watch this. Then I saw this other movie. And it normally I don't click on these movies or watch them much anymore because it I always feel like they've been a disappointment the recently. Kind of generic yeah. action y movies. And that's what it was. So it's called SAS Rise of the Black Swan. But list, reading the description and seeing a little bit of the trailer, I was like, hmm, maybe it'll be kind of neat. And I start it and literally from the get go. I start it and I kind of have high hopes. I'm thinking it's going to be okay, but it is just so generic and just the production of it is not very good. It looks relatively cheap. Um, 
but again, I had high hopes. There's a uh, Andy circus is in it. He's one of the main characters. And I thought if you could pull a name like Andy circus in there, maybe it'd be a little bit better, but no, it's not like you could literally tell they had a grenade in one point that was strapped to this person's hand. And you could literally tell it was like a plastic grenade in your hand. You could see the molding on the outside. <laughs> I was like, for real? Is this for real? I hated every second of it. If don't, why did you watch it? Though? Don't fall into this trap. I thought it would be good. I honestly did. I sat there. I was like, this sounds interesting. So the idea of was it was this like British special forces guy is going up against these mercenaries that take over a train. And the interesting part about the story is that the mercenaries come in and wipe out this town for a pipeline and they're, they're paid by the government to do this. And then Andy Serkis is part of the government. Then once they do this, the government has to come back and basically take out those mercenaries because of media, right? you know, once they're seen, cause a, a girl in town was like filming them and then it leaked out to the media and they saw all these people and got the names in specific, like the specific names of the people doing these killings. And so then the government has to come back and be like, all right, go and kill all of them. Like, get rid of them because we cannot be figured out that we're tied to this. And then, so this special forces guy, like the everyday dad at home is now all of a sudden on his day job, this special forces guy that goes and shoots up houses and tries to do stuff for the government right off the bat, they go to this house where the mercenaries were staying. They found out and he's literally wearing just, he left the house in a regular jacket and jeans and he just walks up to the house. Everybody else comes busting out of like a SWAT vehicle with, you know, Kevlar helmets on bulletproof vests. They've got all their stuff and he's leading them. Like, why are you completely unprotected and just walking from home and just immediately going to bust down doors? Then he has this gun. It's like a grenade launcher, like for smoke grenades. And it's got like four or five spots for grenades. Never once has to reload this thing. He's shooting it through this entire house. I think he shot 30 rounds out of this thing where they were at. I don't know, but it's just that kind of stuff. That's like, why are we doing this? By the time they even got to it, it's all based on a train. It's like this guy taking on the mercenaries on a train. By the time you ever get to the train, you're already like an hour and 45 minutes in and there's only like 20 minutes left. Like the whole basis of this movie that you read the description on is him fighting the mercenaries from taking over this train and stuff. So I thought that was going to be like prevalent was not just really dumb. Don't I don't watch it. No, do not watch it. I got sucked in to these stupid action movies that Netflix is putting out and they always suck. Yeah. Just That's- always skip over them, please. Um, Speaking of that, because we got a couple of minutes, we did have a recommendation from Ian, right? To um, watch a movie um, that he said was great, and that was Nobody with uh, Bob no, Odenkirk. I had watched it before, and he, he took my recommendation and uh, watched the movie. Okay. So he said, thanks, Jerry, for the recommendation. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. So I can read, and I read the text message correctly. Okay. I thought he was saying thanks, Jerry, to you screwing up the sound and making it unlistenable for him. That could have been it too, um, but it was by my recommendation because I did watch the movie and gave a review on here about it, and then he went back and watched it. It is a, that's a fun watch. I like that movie. It's 
there's nothing below the surface there. Right. You know, it's just an actiony movie, but revenge type movie. Yeah. It's good. All just types of movies. I generally have a hard time starting. It's not that I don't enjoy them. I just yeah. have a hard time starting them. Right. I get it. And that movie is fine. Uh, I did really enjoy it, like I said, but it's nothing that I would say you need to run out and watch right now. It, if you're looking for that type of film, though, I mean, Bob Odenkirk does an amazing job in it. The action is awesome. The fight scenes are awesome. And the production is awesome. It's just, it's a very surface level movie. You know, like people come in his house and rob him and they kind of beat him up and, fr- and they hit his son and he really doesn't do anything to stop him. And then his wife like looks down on him. His son kind of looks down on him. And from there he's like, all right, I can't have this happen again. And he already lived a life of like crime prior to this. So he didn't want to get into it again. But then once he realized he was losing the respect of his family because he kind of acted like a wimp, uh, that's when he went out and like it got personal for him. And he just went out and just started hammering on people. It's pretty cool. All right. Well, um, we've come to the end of our show. Um, check us out on patreon.com slash snarf comics like and share the podcast hit the share button right now and that please uh, definitely helps us out and uh, check us out on Instagram YouTube anywhere where p- medias can be social we're there Twitter YouTube Facebook um, all them places I'm going to work on putting together like a free guy review and then I'm going to tweet at Ryan Reynolds and see if he'll perfect he's very prevalent he's very active yeah, he is very active with fans, especially. So uh, for Snarf Talk this week, I've been Chris. I am Jerry. See ya. Bye.